We're preaching from uh, sermons concerning from the jailhouse. And um, we're in the 12th chapter of the book of Acts. And as I said a little earlier ago, everyone has a James. Well, there's a question. James is killed by the sword, Herod's sword, Herod Agrippa. And Peter lives. And I want us to look at this in the 12th chapter of Acts. We're going to read the first 11 verses. And uh, let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Amen. If you don't mind, pull me up just a little bit. Sound technician. That sounds real official. Technician. Amen. Love Brother Tyler. What a great job he does. Now about that time, anybody ever had that time? I've had a that time before. About that time, Herod... The king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions, that is, 16 soldiers, to keep him, intending after Passover to bring him forth to the people. You say, preacher, that says Easter, that is Passover. And Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought Peter forth, the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side, slapped him, and raised him up, saying, Arise, up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel. But he thought he saw a vision or he thought he was dreaming. And when they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth into the city which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews." I want to use for a subject, James died, Peter lived. You may be seated. James died, Peter lived. That gives us a big question mark. Why did James die and Peter live? And of course, there's really no great answer to that other than the fact that God is sovereign. And we need to understand that God's ways are not our ways. And there will be times things will happen in our life that everyone will have a James. Someone will die prematurely. 
and we'll go on to be with God. And we need to just grip ourselves in the promise of God's eternal life for those that have been taken from us as we would see way too early. James was a young man, probably in his 20s or 30s, and he was killed by the sword of Herod. I want to point out some things tonight. There were actually six King Herods, six of them. Now, a lot of people will tell you there was just five, but there were actually six. There was Herod the Great that tried to kill baby Jesus when he was born in Bethlehem of Judea. This Herod the Great was a, a Judaizer. He, had, he was a Gentile, but he took in Judaism as his passion. It was he who built and remodeled the temple, the second temple of Israel, and that's why they called it Herod's Temple, but it was actually Zerubbabel's Temple. And if you want to get technical, it's actually God's Temple. But Herod wanted to have great favor with the Jews, and so he was called Great, Herod the Great. That's the first one. He had two sons, Archelaus and Antipas. Archelaus lost his position pretty quick because of a battle, and then Antipas was the one, King uh, Herod Antipas was the one that, if you remember, he's the one that killed John the Baptist. He's the one that agreed to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. That was Antipas. Then we have here King Agrippa, which is the first, and he's the one that killed James with the sword. This is the one we're talking about in verse 1. Herod stretched forth his hands and vexed certain of the church, and he took James and killed him. That is that, that is Herod Agrippa. There was two Herod Agrippas. This is Herod Agrippa I, and then Paul met Herod Agrippa II in the book of Acts, later on in this book of Acts. You say, well, you've only mentioned five. Well, there were six. One of them was called Philip, Herod, the, uh, Herod Philip. And you say, well, how do you know that there was a Herod Philip? By what John the Baptist said in Mark 6, 18. John the Baptist turned to Herod and said, Herod, it's not lawful for you to have your brother Philip's wife. So we know that there was another Philip Herod with just six Herods. They were wicked. They were awful, brutal, murderous people. And because um, this um, Herod Agrippa being the grandson of Herod the Great, I think he tried to gravitate to his grandpa's uh, way. He loved actually the Jews. He cared about the Jews. He liked power. He liked fame, but he cared for the Jews, not Christians, but the Jews. He wanted to please the Jews, not Christians, but Judaism. He really wanted to please that. And so the church was on fire. The church was growing. It was incredible. And the apostles were there. If you count Matthias taking Judas Iscariot's place, the 12 apostles were there in Jerusalem, and boy, they were just shucking the corn. They were just preaching and sharing the good news of Christ, and revival was flowing in a tremendous way. They tried to stop it. You know, we read in the fourth chapter, the fifth chapter, the leaders of Israel tried to stop it, threatened them and threatened them and finally beat them, but nothing could stop them. They just kept preaching this Jesus who died on the cross and rose again from the grave. They couldn't stop the apostles. Well, now the government's going to get involved. 
And Herod is going to stretch forth his hands and kill James the apostle. Now James is one of the sons of Zebedee. His brother was John. John who wrote the gospel of John. John who wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John and the book of Revelation. John, the brother of James, sons of Zebedee, James died first as an apostle in Jerusalem by being beheaded by Herod the king, and John lived to be old. In fact, he was not martyred at all. They tried to kill him, but he was not martyred at all. John died of old age, if that's possible for a Christian. Amen? Probably is impossible for a Christian to die of old age. But anyway, uh, I just wanted you to see that this one that Herod Agrippa killed, James the Apostle, um, he was one of the big 12. I mean, he's one of the big guys. He's one that went with Jesus on Mount Transfiguration, Peter, James, and John. He was the three of the three that Jesus always took with him into a closer place in the, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, also up on the Mountain of Transfiguration, also into the room of uh, Talakumai, the little daughter that he raised from the dead. Jesus had three that was circled around him very close, and there was the other, um, the other rest of the 12 gathered around Jesus, then there was the 70 that he called uh, into apostleship, ministry, but Jesus really spent a lot of intense time with the 12, but mostly with the three, Peter, James, and John. Those were the three, Peter, James, and John. John lives to be old. James dies young. Peter gets out of it and dies older, crucified, history says upside down, on a cross. But Peter dies as an old man being crucified by the Roman authorities. Now, here's where I want us to really get down into I want us to sink our plow deep into here. Because I want us to see that not everything goes the way we feel it should go. You couldn't find a greater apostle than James. James was very close to Jesus. Faithful to Jesus, James and John were, they had their moments when they wanted to burn Samaria to the Chris because they didn't follow Jesus. They said, Master, let's go far out of heaven and kill them. And Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you have. Let's drop that. And then Mama, the mother of James and John, went to Jesus and said, when you, uh, when you set up your kingdom, would you let my two boys sit beside you, one on your right and one on your left. And Jesus said, well, mama, you've got to know this. Only the father can give that position to who he chooses. Amen? Now, this is incredible because here you see James dies, but Peter lives. You say, only bad things happen to, why does bad things happen to me? Why does... Why did bad things happen? Well, you need to understand something. The early church was on fire for God. They were doing miraculous miracles. James was an outstanding apostle, but yet James dies young. He's not 
How many would agree that God could have rescued James right from the start? But God chose to let James die young and Peter live. He chose to let James die and Peter live. Maybe you've got a James in your life that died and you felt like they should have lived. Maybe someone that you love was young and died and you can't understand it. Maybe there's someone in your life that was taken way too soon. Well, their name wasn't James probably, but they were taken like James was. Not necessarily in a, in a martyrdom or beheading, but they were taken and you felt like, felt that it was very unfair. How many would agree that John probably felt that it was pretty bad when his brother lost his head, was killed by Herod? I'd say John, the one in whom Jesus loved, that held his head against the breast of his Savior, Jesus, that wasn't enough to keep his brother alive. He was so close to Jesus, John was, that he even went as far as to say, I'm the one that Jesus loves. Yet John finds himself losing his brother. I believe they were very close. I believe they, and, and I also believe Peter was very close to James. I believe the church was very close to James. I believe the church went into great upheaving and and actually, they didn't have much time to mourn because Peter is taken by Herod because he saw that the scribes and the Pharisees, the leaders of the judicial system, rejoiced over the death of James. And so Herod says, well, you know, I can get some, I can get some political growth here and power if I'll just take Peter. And then Herod is probably counseled his counselors probably said, well, if you get Peter, you better make sure that you get him locked up good and tight because Peter cut an ear off of one of the soldiers when we arrested Jesus. Peter walked on water. I've heard all kinds of stories about this Peter. You better lock him up good or he's going to get away. And get away he did, amen. Now, here's something that I want us to see because it's important that we understand that the church was not unlike us today. Things happen in our life that we don't understand. The church went into deep grieving. And I, I, don't, even, I don't have any record here that James was put in prison. He may have just been taken straight from preaching to the chopping block, and he may have been literally beheaded suddenly. The church didn't have time to pray. It was a tragic accident, not an accident, a tragic murder. They didn't have time to pray. Maybe you lost a loved one that you didn't have time to pray. Or maybe you did have time to pray, but it just seemed like God didn't answer your prayers. Well, James died, and Peter lived. That's God's providence. That's God's choice. God chooses who dies young and who dies old. God chooses, and he chose that James die and Peter live. Now, that's, that's a real bitter pill to swallow, 
but it is a pill that we must swallow because God is he's the one in control. Amen? You know, I don't understand. I had a brother die very young. I had a little niece that died very young. I don't understand that. And I'll never have answers for that. But I know that I'm, I'm nothing special. The early church went through the same thing. God is sovereign and God his providence and he has his way in all that he does. And he chose James to come home early. James the Apostle, the brother of John. Now, let's look at verse 1 real quick, and I want to talk about Herod's hands. Notice in verse 1, it says, Now about that time, Herod, the king, stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. Now, let's look at Herod's hands. Herod's hands were many. He had the political hands. He had the powerful hands. He had the military hands. Herod's hands were many. He had power. He had prestige. He had political power. He, was, he, had, he had many things going for him. He had many hands. That's why the Bible says he stretched forth his hands. What did Herod run out there in the street and grab James and drag him over? No, Herod didn't even go out in the street at all. He sent his hands. So he sent his hands. And Herod was a wicked man. And I want you to know the devil sends his hands out too. Does the devil personally go out and do it? No, he sends his hands. Herod had many hands. <clears throat> I want you to notice, not only did Herod have many hands, he had many voices. Herod had many voices. Not only did he have many voices, but there were many lies. And Herod also had many sinful servants of sin to do his work. Those soldiers that went to do the work of Herod's command, they were sinful soldiers. They were just following the orders. They were just following the rules. They were, they were bound. They were servants to Herod. And, they, and I want you to know that in this world, we have servants that are to sin that they, they mistreat us. People that are servants to sin mistreat us. They say bad things. There's many voices. There's many hands. There's many trials and tribulations. There's many problems that come our way. Are you hearing me? There's many hands and many voices and many lies. There's many deceptions. And Herod had soldiers that would go out and arrest James kill him. Herod didn't kill him personally. Herod had a, his hands take his head. There was voices. and light. How many know our government is not always good for us? Hello? I don't sound cruel, but they talk about government shutdown. Yes! If they were shut down, life would go much easier. Amen. Go ahead, shut her down. We don't care. We got it under control in Ozark, Missouri, Sparta, and Springville, surrounding areas. We make it just fine without you guys. Amen. Not good English, but we'll make it finer without you guys. 
But Herod had many hands, and the government will have many hands. Many hands that will say, you must have this shot, or you must have this medicine, or you must do this, or you must close this business, or you must wear this garment, or you must take this mark, or you must, take, you must do this, and we must do this in currency. We must go this way and that way. And all it is is a bunch of puppets under the, being servants of sin to the many hands. Herod had many hands. Our a wicked government also has many hands. Are you listening to me? And Herod kills James. That sounds really unfair. That God would allow James to die and Peter live. James died, Peter lives. That's, you know, that, we'll never have a good answer for that. Other than the fact that when James was killed... The apostles were forced to leave Jerusalem and go further out from Jerusalem sharing the gospel. Verse 2, James, Herod kills James. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. In other words, I don't know what he went to jail first or what he just took him and killed him there in the streets. But he cut his head off, killed him with a sword. Now, notice that Peter... When he's arrested, the Bible says when Herod saw that it pleased the Jewish leaders, not the church, the Jewish leaders, he proceeded further to take Peter also, and then with the days of unleavened bread. It was at Passover time. He took Peter. And when he took Peter, look at verse 3 through 6. It says that he took him at a time of, of unleavened bread, and when he apprehended him, he put him in prison, delivered him to four quadrudrons, which is 16 soldiers, each quad. Quad is four soldiers, which makes 16 soldiers, and he, to keep him intending after Passover, Easter, to bring him forth to the people. And Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. How long? I don't know. It's probably several days. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And Herod would have brought him forth the same night. But what was Peter doing? Sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. What was Peter doing? Sleeping. When your faith is awake, you can sleep on a stormy night. Let me say that again. When your faith is awake, you can sleep on a stormy night. And Peter's faith was awake. And so Peter... I guess what we would say, Peter made himself at home. Isn't that good? Peter made himself at home. He was following biblical principles. Remember when the children of Israel were taken captivity by captive by Nebuchadnezzar? What did Jeremiah tell them when they were taken into Babylonian captivity? Jeremiah told the people, make yourself at home. Build houses, have children, because you're going to be there a while. What did Paul say? Whatever state you find yourself, therewith to be content. And so Peter just pulled up one soldier to him, pulled up the other soldier to him, said, here, get close. And the soldier had chain on his hand to Peter's hand. The other soldier had chain on his hand. And maybe Peter said, I'm cold. Snuggle up, boys. I want to sleep. Amen. Now, you can't tell me it wasn't cold in the prison. It had to be cold. And so what better thing for God to do with get him snuggled up with two rugged soldiers, keep him warm during the night. He just goes to sleep. Amen. Isn't that good? 
He, I mean, he's asleep. He's taking, it, he's taking it quite easy. They arrest him and he made himself at home. Let me say real quickly that you understand this, that Peter understood the importance of trusting God. Trusting God. If you don't sleep all night because you're worried about tomorrow, you've run a good night's sleep. If you don't snuggle in to the goodness of God and the mercy of God, even in your turmoil and life, you've, you've wasted a, life, a day of your life. Settle down. Enjoy. Call the first responders. When something tragic happens, I call the first responders. The first responders is prayer, God's people, faith in God's word. Amen? So when I call on prayer and God's people and faith in God's word, then I just go to sleep, rest. Amen? That's what Peter did. Come on now, I'm preaching better than you're responding. Did you just have a bad day or something? What's the deal here? Now, Peter's asleep. He's taking it easy. And James is already in the hands of Jesus. And Peter is about to have his head cut off the very next morning. And Peter's asleep. I don't know about you, but if I was going to be executed the next morning, I probably would have a great deal <laughs> trouble sleeping. Amen? But Peter went to sleep and said, oh, well, if I die, I die. If I live, I live. Doesn't matter to me. I don't really care to live as Christ. To die, you know, is gain. I'm okay. I said, I'm Okay. Some people spend way too much time moaning about their problems and you're just living in the moaning mood. Get out of that moaning mode. Enjoy the blessings of the Lord. Amen. People ask me when I go, how are you doing? I said, I am fantastic. I said, I only do fantastic. I only do incredible. They said, yeah, but you're a preacher. I said, that'll make no difference. As a preacher, I've got the target on my back and my front all the time. But Peter made his self right at home. Now, that don't mean made his home in a bad way. It just means that he can trust God. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And, and you and I need to make ourselves at home in Christ, at home in the power of God, at home in God's Word. Because, listen, like I had a brother die young. A niece died young. I've had others in my family that went, left this life early. I don't understand that any more than the early church understood James dying young. But God is sovereign. Amen. All that means is God's got more you living to do down here. Amen. Now, Peter's in jail. He's just strapped up between two soldiers. There's two soldiers at the door. That's a quad. On out is another quadrant, another quadrant on out at the other gate, at the last gate. So he's got 16 soldiers. He's got to go through 16 soldiers to get out. I mean, no, if you've got to go through 16 soldiers, you're, tight, you're chained to one in one hand and the other in the other hand, chained to two soldiers. I mean, no, that's probably a good sign for you to settle down and quit stressing out and 
and just make yourself at home. Amen? Hello? If you ain't going nowhere, come on now. We got prayer. We got faith in God. So while Peter's asleep, in the middle of the night, an angel shows up. Now, how many of you know that God can break in and no one will even know it? God can break into your life and no one can even know it but you. God is good at breaking into our life. And God can break into your life and no one else know that he did it. That's what happened when I got saved. God broke into my life. No one knew it. Later on, they knew it because I changed. Let me know Peter's situation changed too when God broke in. Let me know God loves to break into our life. So the angel shows up. The angel shows up in the prison and he turns the light on. Now, if I'm going to bust someone out of jail, the, the last thing I'm going to do is turn the light on. Now, I know the angel didn't go flip a switch. He was the switch. The angel was lit up. Amen? By the way, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have a switch that you have to flip. You ought to be the switch. You ought to be walking around lit up all the time, and I mean that in a good way. Amen. So the angel shows up in verse 7 uh, through 11, and, and he, it, it, light shines into prison. God always shines his light into our dark places of our life. If you'll just recognize God, he'll shine the light into your dark places. Amen? I'm glad God shines the light into my dark places. The angel shows up in verse 7, light shines into prison. And the angel says, Peter. No. Peter sound asleep. Get up, Peter, and slaps him plumb over. And the soldiers are just, they're just standing there. They don't even know that Peter's been slapped so hard that he got up. Now, when I get slapped hard, I go down. But Peter got slapped hard, and he went up. I mean, when God slaps you hard, you'll go up. When the devil slaps you hard, you'll go down. I'd rather be slapped up than slapped down. Hello. I'd rather be slapped up than slapped down. Somebody walked in here slapped down. Slapped down depressed. Slapped down discouraged. Slapped down weary. Slapped down defeated. But you ought to be slapped up into the light of God. And the angel slapped him. Smote him. And said, rise up quickly. And when Peter stood up, the chains fell off of his hands, verse 7. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, follow me. Now, i, I got to laugh at this verse. I've got to laugh at this verse. You know, I'm a different kind of preacher, and I see things that a lot of people don't see, but I've got to laugh at this verse. Peter took his clothes off to go to bed. I've got to laugh at this. Well, come on. Look what he did. He took his clothes off. I don't know what he, I don't know what he undressed his skivvies or what he just undressed or whatever, but he took, his, he took his sandals off. He took his garment. He had taken it off, and the angel says, get dressed. Get dressed, Peter. 
I mean, he took his coat off, took his sandals off, settled in, said, now for some 99 times. Some of you need some 99 time. Get all caught up in your, why did James die? Well, I don't know why he died, but I'll say this, God is God. We got to get over it and march on and understand that James died, Peter lived. That's God's way and God's a miracle working God. And if he chooses to bust you out of prison, then get to going. If he chooses to leave you there, sleep on. Enjoy the blessing of God. Amen. I got to laugh at this. He took off his clothes. Peter was always taking off his clothes. He was found naked when he backslid out there in the Lake Gennesaret. Children, you have any meat? And John finally says, it's the Lord. And Peter jumps, takes his clothes off and jumps in the river, into the sea. Takes his clothes off. Now, uh, he had his clothes off fishing. He puts his clothes on and then jumps into the river. That's how it went. He was naked fishing. And then when he discovered Jesus, he put his clothes on and jumped in the sea to get to Jesus. He had that backwards. <laughs> you don't take your clothes off while you're on board. And you for sure don't put your clothes on before you go swimming. That's nuts. But he did. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding. Now notice this. <laughs> Verse 9, he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but he thought he was dreaming. He thought he was having a vision, dreaming. When they were, went past the first and second ward, that would be eight soldiers. He went past that, be like police stations or little soldier stations. Went past them. And then he, let, then he came to the gate, the iron gate. And the iron gate was locked, no doubt. And when the angel and Peter came to the iron gate, it just opened up. I said, the iron gate just opened up. And it was like, you know, saying, Peter! Welcome to my world. The gate opened up. Now, I don't know whether the angel had to get some other angels in there to, you know, pump a little oil in the hinges so it didn't squeak too much. As the gate opened up. How many know sometimes, some of you need your hinges oiled. <laughs> Amen. Some of you need your hinges oiled. Need some oil. I love Wednesday nights. I can be absolutely stupid on Wednesday night. But anyway, don't no amens. The angel takes him right out. Comes to the wall, the outer gate. It's iron. The gate opens up and. Historians tell us that probably that gate was in the wall of the city. And when that gate opened, it opened up to Jerusalem. When Peter gets out of the prison, 
the angel, poof, he's gone. And Peter said, well, I reckon let me pinch myself. Ooh, ooh. I reckon <laughs> that that was an angel. And he got me out. So he heads to Rhoda's house. Actually, Rhoda's house, where it wasn't Rhoda's house. It was actually John Mark's mother's house. And John Mark, uh, Rhoda was there, little damsel. And when Peter shows up the gate where the, the church was praying, there's a church full of prayer warriors. They're praying, oh, God, free Peter. We lost James. We need Peter. We're afraid the church is going to disintegrate. We've got to have Peter. And Peter knocks on the gate. He knocks and he knocks. And here we find something that's very unusual. We find a prayer door that wouldn't open. A prayer door that wouldn't open. He knocks on the door. Hey, let me in. And Rhoda runs to the door and says, that's Peter. And she runs back to the to the saints of God and said, Peter's at the door. Peter's there. And they said, now, Rhoda, I know this has been a stressful this time for you. I know this is really a hard time for you, but you know, Rhoda, that, that's just not a miracle today. And she said, it's him. It's him. I know his voice. He's at the gate. And, and they said, Rhoda, you're mad. You, you, just, you just lost it, Rhoda. You're being, too, you're being too sarcastic here. And then she insists, no, that was Peter. Peter's at the door. And I'm thinking, the disciples say, that's his angel. Now, let me ask you a question. Who wouldn't open the door for an angel? I mean, if it was an angel at the door, come on, you're not going to open the door for an angel? And the second statement I want to make, what does an angel need to knock at the door for? <laughs> Amen? And so Peter gets in there. They're excited. He's there. They finally let him in. Peter waves his hand. Shh, shh. Let's get this together. Go tell James, the brother of, of Jesus, that I'm a... That's not James, obviously, that was killed, but James, the brother of Jesus, and go tell them and all them that I'm alive. This is what happened. He said, now let's get out of town. He said, that's not very spiritual. I don't know about you, but if I made a prison break, I'd be getting out of town. He got out of town. He left. And let me tell you, friends, some of you need to get out of town, the town of depression, the town of discouragement, the town of unbelief, the town of persecution that's unnecessary in your life. When God sets you free, you need to get out. So when God sets you free from toxic people, get out. When God sets you free from dark situations, get out. Don't go back. When God sets you free from liquor or drugs, get out. Don't go back. When God sets you free from toxic situations or toxic friends, get out. Don't go back. Get out. Get out. Get out. Yes. Until Peter got out. 
and went on with his ministry. I'm talking to the people in this room. There's some things you need to get out of so you can get on with your life. Some of you need to get out of your defeated spirit so that you can get on with your life. Some of you need to get out of your past so you can get on with your life. Some of you need to get out of your prison of, of grief and sorrow so you can get on with your life. Some of you need to just get out because you're wasting precious time. Precious time. God give you one more day God give you one more day not to live in defeat. God give you one more day not to live in deep shroud of confusion and depression. God gave you one more day to live. One more day to make a difference. I can't tell you why James died and Peter lived, but I can tell you this. The church didn't stop living for Christ and they didn't stop going on for Jesus Christ because they didn't understand why James died. The church didn't stop. Did they grieve? Yes. Did it hurt? Yes. Did it, did it tear their heart out? Yes. Did they not understand? And was there a big why in their life? Yes, 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 yes. But understand, God is the one that decided that. Let it go. Let it go. God chose you to live for this day. For such an hour as this, live on for Jesus Christ. Don't allow yourself to be in a shroud. Get out. And live on. Amen? I don't understand why Terry Wilkins was taken early. I miss him. I enjoy his music. But that was God's decision, not mine. And I live with that. I don't understand other people in the church that was taken young, Dan Sandoval, taken young. I don't understand that, but that was God's decision, not mine. If I'd have chose, I would have chose Terry and Dan to still be with us today. But it wasn't my place to choose. It was God's. Others that have gone on. I'm not going to go through all the names, but you, you know that we've had people taken from us. And it seems so unfair. But we're alive today for such an hour as this. We're alive today for such an hour as this. I don't understand. A spouse might not understand why a wife goes on early or Husband goes on early. A child goes on early. We don't understand that. But that was beyond our power. That's God alone. It's the one who determines that. It's not us. Well, I should have prayed harder. All the prayer in the world would not have saved James. It was time for him to go home. Well, I, I should have done things. If I could have just did something, maybe they'd still be alive. No, no, stop. If it's not, a, it, it's not an option here. It's not if you did this or if you done that, it might have been different. No. 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 God chooses. 
And we've got to live with that. I said, we've got to live with that. And we cannot die with that. We've got to move on. Come out, come out, come out. Because you've got living to do. Amen. Now, I know the sermon today's or tonight's not, woohoo, but that's great preaching. I understand that. This is not great preaching. This is question mark preaching. I don't have the answers. But I know this I'm alive for such a time as this, and so are you. And we've got to come out of this situation. Because we can't live in the shroud we're in. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't understand. Don't understand at all why people die young. Don't understand that at all. But it's not meant for me to understand that. James died young. John the Baptist died young. A cousin of Jesus. See, the church was never immune to loved ones being taken early. They just understood the principle. Praise be unto God. He is the God of the living, not the God that. The Bible's very clear that God is the God of the living. He's not the God of the dead. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. So if you've got a loved one that has died and went on, they're not dead. God is the God of the living. He's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. All live to him. Your loved ones that have died or went to sleep physically, they're not dead. God is a God of the living. Amen. That's some lessons that we learned from the jailhouse. Sermons from the jailhouse. These are lessons that we need to learn. Stand with me. Josh is going to come and bring a song. The most important thing that God wants you to enjoy today is this. He wants you to enjoy life. He wants you to live on. God wants you to shake off those things that's making you so miserable. And he wants you to live. He wants you to live. You can't change it. You can't go to the past and change anything. You can't change anything by your thoughts or by your manners. You cannot change. And the last thing you should do is punish yourself for something that's happened. Or to question yourself, if I did this or if I did that, it would have been different. No. No. God is a sovereign God. We can all look back and say, if I did this or I did that, it would be different. Well, welcome to the people that don't know the future. Amen. We're going to give an invitation. Maybe you'd like to just come and lay some things down. Maybe you'd like to just come up here tonight and say, God, I don't understand what you did. And, and many times we get angry at God. Sometimes we just get furious at God. I think maybe John was tempted to be angry with Jesus. I think the other apostles and even the church maybe had a moment of there of a little bit of anger because James died and Peter lived but they had to learn how to get beyond that and understand that God is God he's Lord 
got to loose it and live for Jesus. Altar's open.